Welcome to Trailer Island Podcast. It's episode two. We made it. We it's made it. Yay. I am your host, Alex. I'm joined by... Steve. And Matthew. Oh, your voices are so lovely. Thank you. Thank you. I, I thought I sounded nasally after the first episode. I'm feeling better now. You've uh, you've cleared out your sinuses, have you? Uh, no, I'm just comfortable with it. Okay. I think I sound a bit smoother this time around. Oh, a little deeper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had some mic interesting mic things going on. We here. we did, and and we apologise to our listeners for those technical difficulties. <laughs> yeah. But we're back now in what you could. Cool, full HD if you like, and you yeah. know we're here to stay. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. Well, last week we talked about 1917, the film, but this week we're actually talking about a TV show. Steve, would you like to do the introduction? Uh, we are going to listen to the trailer to The Mandalorian. Is the world more peaceful since the revolution? It is a shame that your people suffered. But bounty hunting is a complicated profession. He's got a great voice yeah. for that character. Werner Herzog. Werner Herzog. Herzog, the famous documentarian who's acting yeah. up, acting it up in this. Yeah. He, I was really excited when he was in this. I was like, "That's brilliant! That's mm-hmm. such a he's such a well, he comes across as such an intense person, doesn't he? And then to be in something as like Star yeah. Wars, which is sort of, I think it's fair to say, is you know, an adventure kind of thing. I thought it was an interest. It's, it set the tone for me yeah. immediately that he was in it. I thought, this is going to be great. He's an interesting character, but of course he's not the main character. No, no, no. The main character in this is the Mandalorian, who, like in many Westerns, I suppose, Mm. remains unnamed. Yes, though, though, on IMDb, they do have a name for the character, but I don't know if in the credits for the Mandalorian, I think he's just listed as... Isn't he listed as, like, the lone something, I think? Okay. Well, they do... Say his name in the last episode. They do? Moff Gideon says it. Maybe we'll come back to that. Yeah. This is a streaming show on Disney+. Plus. It was its premiere. Yeah, it's like its flagship. Its flagship program that it had. There are a few trailers for it. The first trailer didn't really have much in the way of any dialogue in it. What we heard there was from the second trailer, Mm -hmm. which had a lot more of the... It doesn't tell a lot of the story. And we see a lot of action, very Star Warsy action. Yeah. Not so much... It doesn't give a... Last week we spoke about 1917 and the trailer really told us what to expect. In this, it was a little bit more ambiguous about, okay, what are we going to expect? This has really, got a really big weight on its shoulders that you are a Star Wars franchise. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I think uh, talk, like 1917 was a, was about that, that story and, and about how it's going to be about this race against time. Whereas this trailer, I, well, a lot of the trailers for this were more about tone because we'd just come out of uh, Solo was the last film that Disney mm. had done, which was obviously a lighthearted adventure. And I think they were they really wanted to get the point across that this is a sort of gritty Western. Like mm-hmm. We've gone back to that kind of theme for, that you can arguably say A New Hope is as, as a Western. And it's and it's going to be a little bit violent. Yeah. You know, it's going to have that kind of thing going for it. It's going to have some intense characters, some moody, broody kind of stuff. I mean, the first um, shot of both trailers is like yellowed stormtrooper helmets being tr- like almost oh, trampled on. Spikes, on. Yeah. Aren't they? yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, it, it, it's definitely aiming for that dark and gritty tone. It, it does set, I think, when um, yeah. it's set quite well. Um, though it is interesting, in that trailer we heard, the second trailer, there are lots of shots, well, there are a few shots from the flashbacks, which were to the Clone Wars. Yeah. And there's some super battle droids and stuff like that, which is quite interesting for them to put that mm-hmm. in the trailer. And that might be, again, 
them trying to align themselves. Obviously, it's Dave Filoni who, and John Favreau who are involved in this with the Clone Wars, mm-hmm. very popular show as well. Yeah, maybe we that both was both worked on on that show as yeah, well. Yeah, that's right. Um, so maybe there was some kind of through line with that putting that in the trailer. I'm not. I'm, it definitely got me excited to see some Clone Wars stuff. I thought, okay, we're going to be jumping across a few eras here. Um, that, that was exciting to see that. Well, we haven't seen live action Clone Wars stuff since, you know, well, last decade. Yeah, Revenge of the Sith. I thought that both trailers sort of followed uh, the Star Wars trailer model that's sort of occurred over the last five years pretty well. So I thought the, the trailer for Mandalorian actually followed the, the sort of pattern that Star Wars trailers have sort of formed over the last five years. Force Awakens started off with this very vague sort of trying to set the tone sort of uh, trailer. And then the second one sort of started to give you glimpses of mm. of what the story might actually be about, you know, who the characters are, who the main characters will be. Just on that sort of, like, those first trailers being really vague, strangely, none of those have ever worked for me, especially Force Awakens. That, that didn't win me over. It wasn't oh, wow. It wasn't until we saw the proper teaser trailer, I went, oh, cool, this actually looks quite good. And it was the same with this. I think the only shot that excited me in the first trailer they released was the shot of the Stormtrooper helmets. I thought, that's awesome. That sort of sets so many possibilities for what this world could be. But then the rest of it from memory is just lots of, you know, beautiful landscape shots, but that's about it. And it wasn't until that second trailer came out, I was like, okay, we're getting to some actual meat here. This is what it, this is what it could be about. And it, that's when I got excited. It does take a while to sort of give you what to expect. So mm. we're, we're certainly given, I mean, in the title of the what it is in the Mandalorian. Okay, it's about a Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. We know of one before this, yeah, two. Or, or two, we're introduced that, okay, yes, there's a Mandalorian. It's about what he's doing, where it's pretty clear that it's post-episode six. six. Yeah, I think it's That's five years officially after Five that. years yeah. after episode six with the downfall of the Empire. Mm. And it seems like it's a real wild, wild west. That's probably the best thing that I could compare it to was it, it's a western. Yeah, it's a western absolutely. in space, which I guess, it, you know, Star Wars has been that... You know, from the beginning. To, to certain degrees, yeah, on and off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, this is sort of delves into that singular character and really following them and doing what they're doing. Now, there's a line in the trailer where Werner Herzog, who's more... What's he know? He's the client. Is his he doesn't have an official name. It's not an official name. It's, I think it's... Yeah, it's the client. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he says... Bounty hunting is a complicated <laughs> profession. Mm, I don't one. know if I've done that very well. The South African, but it was a great <laughs> South African. Oh, was it? Okay. Bounty hunting is a complicated profession. Uh, having it, seen it, the show, I know what that's relating to. and, yeah. and But ha- having not... We all know that Baby Yoda's in the show. So we yeah, can, yeah, we, we, can talk we, we will that. talk about yeah, that. Yeah. Yes. So that you know, that's what that line's about. But when you see it in the trailer, it could mean literally anything. Well, it's a teaser trailer. It's supposed to tease yeah. it. It does tease it really, really um, well. I, I should just say, I think they did... Like There were no leaks about Baby Yoda yeah. at no. all. Yeah. They kept that under wraps <laughs> so incredibly <laughs> well. I was very impressed when that reveal came. I was like, wait, wow. I'm surprised I hadn't heard something about this at some point. When do we find out about Baby Yoda? Episode so, 1. Yeah. Very end of episode 1, yeah. At this point, I don't think you could con- consider Baby Yoda a spoiler with how <laughs> viral it was, despite yeah, it being it. probably the biggest mm-hmm. surprise of the series. Mm. Biggest meme in the last six months, easily. Yeah. And it's a welcome meme. It is. <laughs> yes. They do Baby baby Yoda so well, but we're, we're diverging a Which, bit yes, here. Yes. Yeah. So... Of course, Baby Yoda wasn't in the trailer. Mm. It's one of the biggest things that we mm. find out about in the series. I don't know that much of that gets resolved either, really, throughout the series. Well, that's talking of the story on this, and I think 
going back to the trailer as vague as it was it to me it's really ignited my imagination going oh great we've got more Star Wars coming fantastic mm-hmm. and it's going to be this new green yeah. world this could anything could happen it's fantastic and then going through the series like from, from the first three episodes I was going this is great this is building this is excellent it was about episode four I realised there wasn't really a story to this TV show they're very isolated mm-hmm. episodes and unfortunately the, the middle episodes suffer from this a li- quite a bit where the episode will start and then by the end of it he's in exactly the same position he was in when it started and not much has changed and as a result you can skip episodes and it doesn't matter the worst one for this is unfortunately the prisoner which had a really cool um premise it's um, about episode, this is episode six yeah. Yeah. of eight episodes of eight yeah. episodes and by this point you would think it would be warming up to something but that episode is completely self-contained and, and I was bored by it because nothing happened. There were no stakes for me in terms of our main character and what his... I didn't know what his goal was. I think this speaks to maybe a generational gap because I think for the last maybe 15 to 20 years, TV has been super serialized. It's been one episode leads into another, leads into another. It's had that flowing narrative for mm. so long now. But if you go back 30, 40 years... TV used well, to be episodic. I think it's because somehow I'd had this expectation placed upon me, but either by the trailer or the fact I know it was only, I think at the time I thought it was 10, but it's eight episodes. I thought there's there's clearly going to be mm-hmm. an arc here. And to a degree there is, but when the Baby Yoda reveal came along, I thought that's going to be the story. Mm-hmm. Again, to certain degrees it is, he's trying to make sure he's looking after him, but he gets distracted all the time by stuff that then doesn't really come back. Well, Baby Yoda is, I guess, the arc it's yeah. from, from start to finish, Baby Yoda is sort of the arc and gives him reason to make the decisions that he makes throughout mm. the season. And we do get those episodes that are the backstory, mm. I guess trying to provide a backstory to his character. Which were good. Which, is, which were good and for essentially a faceless character that you can't read facial cues from, giving him a sort of emotional background when we understand where he's come from, why he is, who he is. By you know the end of episode one, you sort of realise okay this story is about a dad <laughs> keeping his child alive. Yeah, yeah. I feel like they could have done. I don't. I don't want to like just go on about it, but I feel like they could have done more with that premise. And I was a bit let down once I got to episodes four, five, and six that they weren't doing more with that dynamic. But obviously by the end of it, it picks up again, and and they, that becomes the core core thing by e- the end episode eight is definitely my favorite episode yeah. <laughs> they've got a classic assassin droid that we meet in episode one ig11 it's yes. ig11 yeah. i think yeah based off ig88 from the like the classic books oh he no, he's in the f- film he's in the film yeah he's he's in, in, he's i was getting to that, I was getting to that. Back, the scene yeah. of no but, disintegration yeah. <laughs> seeing ig11 in the trailer that was sort of a tipping point for me i was like all right yeah i'm here i'm on board absolutely would you call that fan service bringing in the same model droid from yeah. the films yeah but yeah. it's good fan service because they yeah. they do something new with it you know with the voicing with yeah. um oh, i can never say uh, taika watiti i can i can't say i want to hear matthew say i apologize but i don't want to be offensive to anyone i struggle with it is it so taika watiti yeah that's right is that right oh hooray yeah um just looking at the stress on your face is worth that alone i was i was freaking out a bit there his characterization in his performance is fantastic and I think he elevates it above normal fan service. What, what to me was pointless fan service was going to Tatooine. I was like, yeah. why are we here? Because mm-hmm. the beginning planet, which isn't Tatooine, looks so similar anyway. Maybe give us a different planet, something that we haven't seen yet. You know, let's do something new. 
but that was that was a gripe I had with that episode. I thought that episode, though, yes, Tatooine's a bit of a fan service sort of planet. I thought the story on that planet, um, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed. It. I thought that story went a long way to sort of making the Mandalorian question a lot about himself. Yeah, no, that's that, that's when he. I think he really definitely is on the side of mm, looking after yeah. Baby Yoda. He makes some pretty definite choices there in, did, at the end of that. Did you feel concerned for the child? Oh, yeah. For Baby Yoda? It's, it's a, it's a, again, it's, it's well out there as, as a meme in, in one of the last episodes when that scout trooper punches it. I was warm with fury. <laughs> oh, and, so angry. And that, that Tiger Waititi directed that episode, yeah. the last oh, episode, right. in which he plays IG-11 as well. Mm, mm. And there are some, without giving too much away, there are some, there's a beautiful scene at the start that is just a conversation between mm. two, storm, well, ex-stormtroopers. Are they well, ex? Yeah. I guess they're mercenaries now. Well, they're mercenaries yeah. now, which was pure Taika Waititi yeah, style. Yeah, yeah. Which is really worth waiting for, you know, <laughs> if you can get through it. Because like, like you said, Matt, probably that episode, the, is it The Prisoner? Where they're, yeah, they're, they're the stuck in, yeah. in that... Spaceship uh, ship. prison thing, yeah. I think I really struggled with that okay. episode as well. That was probably my least favorite episode. But I've, you know, talking to some people on the island, they say that they really enjoyed it. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to. But uh, having said that, what I what I should say, and I should probably should have mentioned this earlier when I sort of went on a bit of a run, is that this series does do a really good job of actually giving you many different things. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got the you've got like a the siege episode with the prison break episode, yeah. and you got the some other things. You have got some chases here. You got more of a war episode at one point um, with some ATSDs. Mm-hmm. So it does do a good job of actually providing, you know, people, star, everyone loves Star Wars. There are so many Star Wars fans, it's hard to please everyone. I feel like this show did a pretty good job of actually, without overdoing it, sort of giving everyone something they'd like. Well, I'm, I'm incredibly pleased with the series. Yeah. I, I think the op- episodic format of the actual show is fantastic and like you said they're actually able to play along with a couple of genres in each episode so you do have a prison break episode you do have a homage to a, a samurai movie by kurosawa oh, which yeah. is the the village episode I, I i like the fact that these episodes are isolated yeah there's some like flowing on story elements but i really like that it's you know 40 minutes of a simple story being told and i i, I can't wait for that to continue next season Oh, I'm definitely excited for the, the next season. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I did, it was funny, especially when I was getting later on, and and you know I was getting into the groove of it. The, the quote from Werner Herzog, I think it's in the second episode, which is, "I would like to see the baby." That was just going around <laughs> my head. It's like, just bring yeah. Baby Yoda onto the screen. I'm ready for that. That's all. That's not the only reason I'm here, but it's a large part of why I'm here now. The puppeteering for that is yeah. insane. If we were to talk about the tech of the show, that the tech is amazing. Mm-hmm. Having looked at the behind-the-scenes stuff for oh, the, the screen. The screen, had, yeah. the LED screen that they used to, yeah. it was a, a gaming engine that they were able to project a 3D background. Well, when I say 3D, it's on a two-dimensional space, but a 3D background on an LED screen that was synced with a camera so that you could create these digital backgrounds that appeared so the characters could mm. sort of interact and understand where they were as opposed to being on a green screen oh. or a blue screen. And, and if you can imagine trying to do the VFX on reflections on the Mandalorian suit... That would be an yeah, absolute yeah. nightmare. Imagine trying to key out green yeah. on that. So I'm if, surprised they had C3PO all those years. I don't know how they did it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, you can understand episodes one, two, and three why that might have been a problem. Four, five, six. Mm, 
Beautiful. <laughs> now, was Baby Yoda controlled by two people? Was it two people puppeteering that? I, 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 I just heard it was a number, I believe, a number of people. I think there was two people, one controlling the facial expression and then the other person okay. sort of just doing... Which is a bit similar to what well. Frank Oz did, I believe, in Empire. Well, I think that's why they did it. If you're an actor, you can be holding that this mm. thing that's physically and emotionally reacting to things that you're doing and well, so you can sort yeah, of feel like, for it every time that the mandalorian especially in the cockpit when baby yoda was trying to touch mm-hmm. things he would like pick him up and that because it's real you just <laughs> you just go well that's adorable yeah <laughs> you know it's, 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 and even though he's got the helmet on as well he's not even emoting with it but it's still the like most adorable thing you've ever seen it's it's very effective and a point that you touched on there is it not being able to see his face okay so he can't emote with his face how is he going to do it he's going to have to do it with his physicality mm. do you think he did that i well, think he excelled because yeah. he's, he's got it down to like the little subtle head tilts you mm. know and stuff yeah. like that and i never felt like i didn't know in my interpretation of what he was thinking yeah i think that's probably the one of the most impressive parts of the actual series is that it's 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 blank faced and he's just he's just there he's just there yeah, and, he, and you know what he's you, i don't want to say powerful performance because all he is doing is is moving his head yeah. there's such skill to moving your head that you know you've got people understanding that you sort of doubt that he doubts another character or you know that he distrusts ig11 you know it, it i don't know where that sort of craft comes from well, I think it comes down to that argument of, um, you know, when George Lucas added Darth Vader saying no at the end of Return mm-hmm. of the Jedi is because Darth Vader, you could put any kind of emotion onto what he mm-hmm. was doing. You could sort of imagine that. And then obviously then putting actual words there kind of makes it a little more restricted as to what he can be doing. You're forced to be told That's what right. to believe. So I think what they, they did really well here is they sort of they learned from that lesson and sort of that feedback from fans about that moment with Vader. And, and for a lot of the time, he's very silent and it works because you just watch him go through the actions and you get to decide what he's feeling or sort of how sympathetic he's feeling at any mm-hmm. one moment. I think it's a very, very well done, very effective. I think Pedro Pascal is probably, who plays the Mandalorian, is probably helped a lot by just the fantastic soundtrack as well. Oh, yeah. Ludwig Göransson? Am I saying uh, that correct? Ludwig Göransson? Yeah. I think. I'd love to play a bit of it as well. Yeah. <laughs> but I'd like to keep these episodes mm-hmm. going. Well, that's fair. Yeah, that, that's fair <laughs> enough. I, what I do like about um, the soundtrack, listening to it, is you know, you've obviously got John Williams. When they've done the spin off films, they've all been John William, Williams esque, which is fine. They've all been very good soundtracks. But with this one, they said, all right, it's a different kind of genre, subgenre. Yeah. Let's be as different as possible. Yeah. And, it, and it's just awesome. It works really well. And Ludwig Gorenson is, is pretty good for that as well. If you listen to his like uh, his Black Panther soundtrack, fantastic. I didn't know he did that. I hadn't heard of him before. Yeah. Mandalorian. Um, he's also uh, Donald Glover plays Lando Calrissian, Childish Gambino. He's his producer, so he helps create ah, that music as well. He's a very versatile man. So it's all about who you know yeah. in the Star <laughs> yeah. Wars universe, isn't well, it? Talking about who you know, I was surprised to see Bryce Dallas Howard direct yeah. an episode, daughter of Ron Howard, mm-hmm. who direct well came in to finish directing Solo. Solo. So obviously there's a bit of a. I think that episode was really good by her. I think that's her directorial debut. And I think she did a good job, judging from the episode. Uh, really happy with Dave Filoni's episode as well. Episode, yep. really glad to see him direct something live yeah. action. Because he's been a part. I mean, if you don't know, Dave Filoni was a showrunner for the Clone Wars and Rebels, um, I think. Uh, yeah, he came in to see uh, after two seasons. Oh, did it? I thought yeah. it was there from the start. Okay, I think right. he was a consultant uh, from the start, but after the first two seasons, he's of Rebels, probably still he, crying because Disney had cancelled exactly. Clone Wars. Yeah, <laughs> but he's been a part of the Star Wars franchise for about twenty years now, and 
he's he's responsible for a lot of the maybe well, deeper fan lore that's yeah. out there at the moment. He's responsible for Ahsoka and all, and all of that yeah. those characters, mm-hmm. um, which is a, you know, a huge fan favorite now. Anyway, we're getting a bit off track from Mandalorian, but anyway, it was good to see Dave Filoni and John Favreau as well, mm-hmm. who was also involved in Clone Wars to a certain degree, I believe, yep. um, come back for this and also be such a important part of it. I mean, pretty much all of the episodes bar two are written by Favreau. Yeah. Um, which is great to see. I didn't realize he was that good a writer, to be honest. I know he's a director and he's done he's done lots of stuff that I really like, but I didn't realize he could write that well. Na- name a big uh, Hollywood film that he's made. Iron Man. There you go. Iron Man. Cow- Cowboys versus Aliens. He did that one as oh, well. Did, well, we can sort of forget about that, <laughs> in my opinion. I mean, he wrote he. Uh, I think he and the screenwriter for that film were sort of write, writing Iron Man off the fly. So he's obviously you know got some talent about him. He's definitely got comedic chops. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. How did you feel about them trying to introduce a love story in The Mandalorian? Mm. It, it was unnecessary. Uh, <laughs> Matthew's, Matthew's opinion straight away. Love is unnecessary. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, look, I think the best character, the most romantic character is C-3PO. So, you know, if that's any indicator, <laughs> just, just so all clear. No, look, it worked once I got over the fact that they tried to to put it in like mm-hmm. in the end it, it gelled okay but I, I obviously okay. I think it'll develop perhaps yeah. later on yeah I definitely wasn't put up put off by it by any means no I was it, worried she was going to steal baby Yoda from him that's yeah. what I was worried about I was I was concerned that multiple characters people that we believed were there to help him mm. were there to do it had an ulterior motive perhaps you feel like okay yep this person's got an ulterior motive and I was yeah. concerned I'm like don't I want to see the baby mm. don't, don't, <laughs> don't take the baby away from yeah. me and maybe that's why I struggled with that um, prison break episode is mm. that obviously I mean it's just the nature of the characters there it's not like they're badly written but all of them have their own ulterior motives yeah. um, and I think that's why I was stressing so much they've done that well haven't they yeah they, well, they, they, they've, un- yeah, it's relatively uncomfortable they've yeah. made us feel mm-hmm. uncomfortable about the idea that what is one of our favourite characters going to be stolen or killed at any moment? And it's not the Mandalorian. I guess it worked. For me, that episode got distracted for me. And also, um, I I would have liked a bigger role for Matt Lanter, who played Anakin Skywalker in the Clone Mm -hmm. Wars show, who has a cameo in that episode. I thought, if you're going to go to the effort of getting such a well-loved voice actor... And it's just get him to do more. Because he was in it for like five seconds and I barely recognised him. I was like, oh, oh, he's gone now. I, I mean, I really, I thought that Prison Break episode was sort of, again, I don't want to drop back at the Clone Wars a little bit, but it, it felt very Clone Warsy. It that, felt, that's true. Yeah. And that's why I liked it so much. That was just like... Was, the whole season felt Clone no, Warsy? The, well, the... A few of the episodes throughout, in particular The Prisoner. Which I think is the only episode we've actually named. So we've gone back yeah. to that one quite yeah. a bit. But that's well, a, I think I thought that was... I, I really that was I mean it's probably more fan service for me than any, anything but I'm I'm super happy super happy with that episode. Some of the lighting was cool when the the alarms went off. I like that was a bit Ridley Scottish which I quite like. Obviously, <laughs> I don't think you can fault much of the technical aspects oh, of no. this at all. I mean it's a Disney production. Mm. They yeah. are I guess un, you can't dispute that they're the biggest entertainment mm. film oh, making. Buying um, everything that up. Sounded, that sounded a bit cynical, so I'm gonna, we'll, we'll rule that in in case we ever <laughs> talk to Disney at any point. Um, I, do, I do have a, like a cynical question because uh, season two has been greenlit. It's due out in October. But uh, are we worried about plot armor now? Can Baby Yoda or the Mandalorian be killed? They talk about the Mandalorian's armor physically being the best armor you can get. Mm-hmm. He's literally wearing plot armor. Mm-hmm. So... 
I mean, yes, he can be killed. We see him get beaten up a lot yeah. in this. Yeah. I think the other thing is not so much for the Mandalorian because, it, cause, you know, if we're four seasons down the line, it could very easily end and he goes off and continues mm-hmm. doing his bounty hunting. But with Baby Yoda, yeah. we might be in a bit of a Rogue One situation because we've established he's quite powerful in the Force. Yeah. And obviously, he has to end up somewhere, and clearly Luke doesn't find him to try and teach him to be a Jedi. Mm. Or maybe he is. Maybe Kylo Ren kills him mm-hmm. during his purge. I don't know, but I'm, I'm a bit worried that Baby Yoda at some point has to die. I think that it ties better in with the themes of the actual show, which is the, the father-son relationship and making someone who fundamentally doesn't want to care or care, mm. uh, making someone like that care about something making someone like that appreciate life. Actually, that theme's... They, they have actually nailed that. I would say it's definitely yeah. the theme and they have absolutely adhered to mm-hmm. it, you know, without deviating too much, which is good. And you do care for the relationship. Absolutely. You do care for it. Not that it happens very often in Star Wars films that there are a lot of nyaw moments. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, the Ewoks. <laughs> sure. <laughs> oh, he's standing right next to the Mandalorian. That's so cute. Oh, they're about to step off the ship together. Yeah, oh, he's holding him. Yeah. <laughs> They bought him a bowl of broth at the canteen. I think any any time that the Mandalorian relented in the cockpit and allowed Baby Yoda to play with something <laughs> was an absolute winner for me. That was brilliant. Do you think the biggest critics of Star Wars is usually Star Wars yeah. fans? Mm. As a Star Wars product, mm-hmm. were we delivered what we wanted? I thought we were delivered something that was accessible for everyone as opposed to a, a standard Star Wars movie, which is for the fans. I thought the Mandalorian was something really good entry level for anyone to get into it is interesting you could almost if someone had never seen star wars it's almost the best place to start them off strangely even though you haven't got the whole skywalker thing going on weirdly you get the whole vibe of the whole thing they've they've kind of nailed that i think there's just and it's so much variation within this series like we're talking about playing with the genres there's a little bit there for everyone to sort of get swept up in if you really do like a Kurosawa film, you can watch that Siege episode. If you do like a Prison Break episode, you can you know watch The Prisoner. Um, if you do like the, the gunslinger, sort of bounty hunter, hunter sort of aspect oh, yeah. to it, you can watch The Gunslinger. That was interesting, that one as well, with the, the young guy that they had, mm-hmm. had with him. It, it created a lot of interesting sort of I just think character moments for him. It's sort of like you're trying to figure out if, if he is fed up with this guy or if he's sort of going to try and take him under his wing. Uh, for, for a little bit, you sort of think, oh, this could be, he could be a new partner kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And obviously the episode goes where it goes. I did like that element though. Yeah. That, I, that could have almost have been an arc for maybe a bit longer than the one episode. But like you say, they've definitely kept it very contained mm-hmm. um, quite deliberately. There's a strong male lead character who is counterweighted by a strong female mm-hmm. character yep. as well. She's not necessarily oh, yes. a lead. Uh, Kara, yeah. But she does a good job of being basically as strong as the Mandalorian in terms of what they do and how the plot moves along. She's not a throwaway character. No, so she that, has some really good moments. There are a lot of complementary things that really come together mm-hmm. that sell you the drama. It sells you the comedy as well, mm-hmm. which I think is a good way of keeping you going through yeah. it. I don't know if I came away with feeling like I had absorbed a full story. Mm-hmm. It was reasonably vague, Matt. I think you sort of touched on it before where we felt kind of, it was a bit thin in story. Yeah. It sort of way, there was a strong arcing story, mm. but ultimately we didn't have many huge questions or answers given well, to us. And again, like, I know it's a TV show and obviously you don't want to like just limit yourself to one season, but the biggest question mm-hmm. at the moment is who is Baby Yoda? We yeah. don't even know the, the yeah. character's name. We've just referred to it as Baby. It's not actually... Yoda as a baby obviously it doesn't work it's the timeline I think that's why I was so excited in the first three episodes is I was still getting over the fact that this is this mm-hmm. is a force sensitive 
child of the same species as Yoda. This is this is quite groundbreaking. But then it didn't even hint at who it, who or mm-hmm. what this thing was. I wasn't expecting to find out exactly the story, but a few hints I would have imagined would have come come along at some point. But they didn't. They just kept it. No, he's just he's there, and the Mandalorian's looking after him. And maybe that's the point. But I feel like it kind of set that question up and then failed to answer it. I think that's symptomatic of just first seasons in general. Mm. A lot of first seasons are generally pretty weak uh, when we're talking about TV in general, and they usually use that first season to sort of hook you in for the second season. Well, we had a few revelations in that final episode, Mm -hmm. which obviously... So they've set up a lot of things that they're going to pay off in at some point down the line. So maybe the idea is they have introduced all these different things, and and there are a few things, in case someone hasn't seen it, I won't ruin some of the other things at the very end on that last episode, but they've definitely set up up some pretty cool things Mm -hmm. that do relate back to Star Wars lore from the past as well, to a certain degree. So that could be interesting to see that. I feel like that will have a much more significant role in season two when that comes along. I guess now it's a good point now is to give us ourselves a rating. Last week we had coconuts. coconuts. Yeah. This week I'm going to go with starfish. Nice. Oh, okay. So a rating, Matthew? I, unfortunately, my rating comes with context and, I, and I'm, I apologize for that. It should just be a number. But um, because it has so much promise and mm. I feel like currently just judging it from season one, there's, there's some things missing from me. Despite all the good things, I'm going to give it, I think, three and a half. And only because I feel like I've been promised something that I haven't got yet, and I'm sure it's coming, but I feel like, I don't know, I just wanted a little bit more out of it for me. So I'm going to give it three and a half. I'm struggling to sort of, should I average it out or should I just go with a number that pops in my head? Uh, and a number that pops in my head is just a 4.5. Actually, probably just a four. And that's just because there were some weaker episodes, but I thoroughly enjoyed myself throughout the whole thing. I think The Mandalorian is a fantastic protagonist. And Pedro Pascal is a fantastic actor. I love the the post-Republic, sort of almost post-Star Wars world they've set up. It feels different for Star Wars. I appreciate that. I appreciate it's not the good guys versus the bad guys, hero versus villains. There's gray area in it. I'd say, yep, 4 to 4.5. Okay, I'm going to take that as a 4. Yeah. Because I don't <laughs> want to have to do the maths in my head <laughs> too much when I give my score. Fair enough. For me, I'm, I'm going to sit with Matt as well and saying that's 3.5 that's just what really popped into my head when I thought about it is that the trailer I was really excited when the trailer came out this is going to be fantastic they're setting the feel and the vibe of it really well but there is just that middle section there I feel lags Mm -hmm. a bit Mm -hmm. but it does pay off you know, the start and the end, they really, they are very strong. Well, I was definitely glad to, to have stuck around, you know, for the whole, whole thing. I mean, I'm a huge Star Wars fan, so I was going to watch all of it anyway. But I was sort of getting a bit over it, I think, in the middle. And by the end, it sort of, it's, it kind of delivered that kind of action that the trailer has mm-hmm. in the end there. And, and so it did kind of come around. But I just wish it had got there sooner. For an eight-episode series, I wish it had got there, there sooner. Mm-hmm. And I guess the best thing to do is wrap things up. It was pretty yeah. good, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 beautiful. All right, thank you guys for coming together tonight, today, whatever. I don't know what it is outside. That's the magic of this technology, isn't it? Yeah, it's technology. Yeah. It what is time lovely. of day is it? Oh, dearie me. <laughs> don't forget to visit us on trailerisland.com.au. Find us on Spotify, Google, or Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcast. Don't forget to subscribe or like or whatever it is you do so yeah. you never miss an episode. And we'd like some requests, wouldn't we? Any oh, emails come yeah, through? Absolutely. Yeah. Send us an email at contact at trailerisland.com.au because the email will come through, we'll respond to it and either go yes, yes or no. 
I imagine we'd probably say yes. It yeah, depends on probably. what it is, I guess, doesn't it? We, we would love to hear from you. So, yes, do send us an email or contact us at on the Facebook page as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the Facebook page, Steve? Uh, Trailer Island Podcast. Yes, that's the one lovely. Yeah. And we've got a Twitter as well. I'm not actively yeah. looking. You're looking at after that one, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, uh, it's at Island Trailer. Uh, we're still hunting down the man who took Trailer Island. Uh, we'll find <laughs> that we is will ongoing, find. that search. Yeah. It is. Okay, well, I've been your host, Alex. I've been joined by... Matthew. And Steve. Ah, oh, lovely. Thank you, gentlemen. And we will see you next week for the next episode of the Trail Island Podcast. Yeah.